Let's do it unto the Lord. Thank you, my good friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everybody. I am so astounded by these young people in the front that come up to the altar. I need to ship you back to Gainesville and teach them how to do this. They think there's some virtue on the back row. I, I, I am so appreciative of the spirit of worship in here and the praise singers and you made my Geritol bubble. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, be a few days next week and I'll be 70. Don't be deceived. I know I look 30, but I'll be 70. <laughs> Hallelujah. Twenty till. Okay, Brother White, what a marvelous message. I called Sister Arnold, told him about the snowman. Man, that was, phew, man. That, it, that was out of sight. That was phenomenal. And thank you, Brother Poe. And I saw my good friends here. Look at this. Man, him and his sweet little teenage bride that he has there. Man, I've known them a long time. Outside of Bruce Howe. You've been in my wallet more than any other missionary crew that I know. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You can't take it with you, baby. You might as well give it away. Amen. I've always... Always really admired you, brother and sister Rodenbush. I really have. You're just wonderful people. Brother Dowdy, glad to see you again. I knew you when you were a young man, like I used to be a young man. And the Darty clique and all this. Man, this, you know, this is mind-boggling. Just remain standing because I'm going to preach a while. Uh, you're going to get to sit while I'm standing, so just hold on for a second. I was born and raised in New York City. All you see is slums and skyscrapers and jails. That's it. And this is mind-boggling to drive up here and thousands of acres of soybean over here and tens of thousands of acres of corn over here. I mean, you got to pump sunshine into where we are. And then all of a sudden, they, the, we turn the corner and here's this phenomenal cathedral. Wow. Wow. Just phenomenal. Thank you, Brother Shine and your staff. Thank you for the beautiful room, all the groceries, everything. You're just very kind, very kind. And uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not blowing smoke. I, I do this for a living. I, I'm my favorite preacher. I'd, I'd rather hear me than anybody. That's not ego. That's just fact. I tell the truth. I just tell the truth. I hear some guys, they couldn't preach their way out of a Howard Johnson's bathroom if the door was unlocked. I love preaching. I just love it. 
I'm addicted to it. I'm reading, I'm reading and you're hearing two or three parts of the scripture. And I'm starting, if you don't mind, with, with uh, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. When you got it, say we got it. Verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Now I'm reading from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. Chapter 17, you, you know, know about it's all about David. Okay, chapter 17, I just want to help you a little bit. I feel like preaching the whole Bible. I feel so, I could preach on tithes and have a victory mark. <laughs> Amen. Whew. First Samuel 17. And David said, verse 32, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go out and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said, to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, now, now I'm paraphrasing. Listen here, you backslider. Don't be telling me about spiritual stuff. I need your advice like I need polio. I'm going to say it right now. I don't care if you got friends that are backsliders, fine. Love them, care for them, and do it. But don't take their advice. Don't let them tell you what you can or cannot do because they can't do it. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Just, just bear with me just a minute, okay? So he turns around and he says, thy, verse 14, And David said, So thy servant kept thy father, his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, smote him, and delivered him out of his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I caught him by his beard, and I smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing that he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And, and Saul said unto him, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Okay? I got so many scriptures and things I want to say. Uh, I... I I want to talk to you on this subject. Blessed by the one thing God will not offer you. Blessed by the one thing that God will not offer you. Okay, now I know you're saying, what could that possibly be? That's why I'm the preacher, I'll tell you. Lord, bless the word and help me to be a blessing. Loose the gifts of the spirit in the house. Let signs and wonders and miracles take place. Change the mindsets of people tonight. Let the Holy Ghost just come in this place and take over. Lord, shake the place. Move the place. 
Mess up people's hair. Mess up people's clothes. Let the power of God work in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you. Now, apparently it went real quiet because my title to my sermon is messed with you. Well, let me help you with this. First place, one of the signs that the Lord Jesus gave to the world about his end time church would be this. And, and, and please don't get offended, okay? You can clear it all up when we're done. But you've got to hear me. Our biggest problem in the Pentecostal movement, don't get offended. It's not dress. It's not hair. It's not dolling up it's not tv it's not video it's not the internet none of that i know those are problems but that's not our biggest problem our biggest problem is we're raising a generation that doesn't know his voice we know his word but we don't know it Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Now, now listen carefully. I'm just, you sweet young people, let me just talk to you because you really pay attention. I am so happy. Listen to me. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and another they will not follow. You see, we have never understood in the Pentecostal realm that we go through two stages. We go through the lamb stage and we go through the sheep stage. When you are in the lamb stage, you don't know his voice. You know his touch. Like a baby knows the caress and the touch of a mother or a dad. And when you are in that immature stage, you are so used to feeling the presence of God and you learn to respond to what you feel. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. You, you get touched by him and say, oh, I can't hardly wait to get to church. But then something happens to you. All of a sudden, unknowingly, you step from the lamb stage into the sheep stage and you don't get touched as much. And if you don't understand, church becomes boring. And church becomes a duty and say, well, he's just not touching me like he used to touch me. That's a compliment. He says, I don't need to caress you anymore. I need to talk to you. Now, don't, woo! don't walk out of here saying, Brother Arnold doesn't want us to be touched. Oh, yes, he does. I love the touch of God. But you can go through some long seasons of not being touched if I can hear his voice. If I can hear his voice because my sheep know my voice. Woo! So the biggest thing we, you sit down, the biggest thing we got to learn is how to recognize his voice. Remember he said in Revelation, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Watch, if anyone hear my voice, not to knock, any idiot can recognize the knock, 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 knock. It don't take much of a spiritual giant to say somebody's at the door. It's the recognition of the voice that tells you whether to open it. There's lots of things knocking on your door 
but you better make sure who's knocking on your door and what is knocking on your door. Woo! Uh, it's just an introduction, brethren, just an introduction. That ain't my sermon. I'm just laying the foundation here. Recognize his voice. Why? Because one of my favorite preachers and prophets of all the Bible is my man Elijah. I like Elijah. Uh, the, the guy's radical, man. He's way out and out of space. I, I love it. I ask God all the time, let me, let me be a fire prophet. Let me just stir up the place. Let me get in Ahab's face and say, look at here, stupid. Ain't going to be no rain till I talk. You see him with a chicken bone hanging out of his mouth. Hi, bye, 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 bye. Have a nice day, Jez. He shuts up the heavens with a word. Now watch. Here's going to tell you how important learning the voice of God is. Because when he had that great answer of prayer and the fire fell and then the rain started coming on Carmel and he outruns the chariot 19.2 miles to the valley of Jezreel. By the way, I wish I had time to teach that to you preachers. Watch out. Do not act all the time because you feel inspired. Because he is anointed. The Bible said the hand of the Lord is upon Elijah. Now he just prayed fire down and now he's praying the end of a three and a half year drought but if you don't understand or miss the voice your anointing or his gifting can mess you up because it's the only time recorded in the life of elijah that he went and the voice of god never told him to go what he felt told him to go what he sensed told him to go watch out we need to be anointed, but your anointing can get you in trouble if you haven't first heard the voice. Because he's anointed, he's excited, he's thrilled, he takes off running every time in his life. And the word of the Lord came to him. And the word of the Lord came to him. I want you to go to Zarephath. I want you to go here. I want you to go here. What? I got a widow going to take care. I got ravens going to take care. 18. Now go show yourself to Ahab. I'm going to surrender. He never went unless he heard the voice. Except when he finished bringing the fire and the flood down, then he acted without the voice. Here's what happens. When you act just from feeling good or inspiration, there's going to be another voice show up. Because when he got into the valley of Jezreel, he turned around. Ah, ah, And old bag Jezebel was unimpressed with his tricks. And if you read 19, you turn around and said, she sent him a note. Oh, I wish I had time. Have you read your mail lately? She sent him a little note. Said, dear Lodge, understand you made my old man look like a fool. You messed up and killed all my prophets. I don't give a flip about your magic tricks and all your funny little games. I'm unimpressed with your junk. And by the way, about tomorrow this time, I'm going to kill you. Love, Jez. Now, wait a minute. She ain't got an army. She ain't got a sword. She ain't got shields. She ain't got chariots. All she's got is her voice. Because a voice can produce pictures. And pictures produce feelings. And feelings produce actions. And he runs away and goes into the cave. 
Guess what happened? God turned around and said, if that old bag's voice can put you in the cave, my voice can bring you out of your cave. I don't care what you might be in and how low you might have become. If you can get God's voice to talk to you and you recognize that voice, it can bring you out out of anything that you're in. Stay, stay, stay with me. Now, that was just a commercial, okay? See now, so I've said all that to tell you that's how this message came to me two weeks ago. Now, please bear with me. I'm not carnal. I'm not. But I do listen to the radio once in a while. And I was riding down, and I'm listening to Fox, because they're the only folks that tell the truth. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I'm listening to the radio, and all of a sudden, a commercial come on. A commercial. And here's what it said. Boy, if you'd like to turn around and make some serious money, you want to know that you can invest in this company right now and buy this product in a matter of so many months. These people that have had this stock and bought these refined gold and refined silver, they are making 18 and 20 and 25% on their money, and this is your chance to get involved. Here we go. See if you can't recognize the voice. And so if you just put your money in this company, man, you're going to make all this money. Ready? Here it goes. What name of God was that? I'm riding down the street, Rev, and I listen to this commercial, and I'm going, I hate that stuff. You want to buy this oil, you want to buy this edge, you want to buy this silver and this gold. You can make this much money, you can get a nice condo, you can buy property in Puerto Rico. And I'm going, whoo, and I get my pen out, I'm going, all right. And he goes, I said to the Lord, I'm riding in my car, I said, what is that? He said, that's the one thing the human race will give my people that I won't give them. It's a disclaimer. The world gives disclaimers because they don't want to be responsible for performance. But I know a God that makes declarations and says, if you can believe me, I will do what I told you, irregardless of how impossible it looks. You can sit down. You can sit down. I just, I, I don't need to go any further. That's good enough all by itself. Now, after, after they did this, brethren, excuse me for looking at you, but you're so still, you scare me. <laughs> Your impersonation of Mount Rushmore is impressive. How do you expect them to worship when you preach when you don't worship when I preach? I feel like talking. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, oh, hallelujah. Thank God 
for saving me. I said, he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my foot on the rock this day. He established my going. He put a song in my mouth. Even praise unto God. You ready? Well, wait a minute. All you sweet kids and young adults that are standing, you talk to me. Forget about the super glued people. You talk to me. You ready? Ready? God gives declarations. He offers no disclaimers. You ain't gonna get no. Wait a minute. I gotta tell you the past. The, the, the rest of this, just stand for just 30 seconds. Here came the kicker. This is one of the. Now, I did all this about hearing his voice. Why? Because if you learn his voice, he can talk to you through a commercial. Oh, yeah, he can talk to you through a billboard. He can talk to you through. I've had God talk to me through a menu. Now, you say, oh, no. Well, that's because I'm on a different wavelength than you are. I'm sensitive to his voice. Oh, yeah. And so he talked to me through this commercial. Because here's what it was. After the... <coughs> I said, what? Here it come. And the Holy Ghost said, listen up. Here's what he said. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. And the Holy Ghost said, not with me. My past performance builds a platform for your faith. My past performance guarantees I'll work, but who will let me? Woo! We need to be careful, Pentecostal apostolic people. We need to stop inventing doctrines that validate the lack of the supernatural. You, you can sit down. I, I, I'm, I'm feeling good right now. Man, I heard from the Lord, Elder. I did. He said, past performance does not guarantee future results. And if I ever heard the Holy Ghost, my friend, the Spirit of God said, not so with me. My past performances is your guarantee because I am the Lord and I change not. If I heal them, I'm willing to heal you. If I save them, I'm willing to save you. If I bless their church, I'm willing to bless your church. If I brought them out, I'm willing to bring you out. My past performance is a guarantee of future results. Woo! Woo! You, you be seated.
I'm going as fast as I can. Fast as I can. Whew. Disclaimer. I hate that trash. Disclaimer. I, I don't mean to be rude. And if you're visiting here and you're not Pentecostal apostolic, please do not take any personal offense. I'm just talking. You know what denominations are? They're professional disclaimers. They hide behind their denomination and they say, Yes, I believe in the virgin birth. Yes, I believe in his miracle signs and wonders. Yes, I believe he died on Calvary, was buried, rose again three days, ascended to heaven. But he don't do those things he used to do anymore. Where's your authority for that? When did God stop healing? When... When did God stop baptizing people with the power of the Holy Ghost? Don't let these liars and deceivers cheat you out of what God has got for you. I am the Lord. I change not. How? Sit, sit, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. I got to go fast. You got to stay with me. I had to go fast. And, uh, you, you, in other words, see, a lot of denominational people, very precious people, love God in their own way. They affirm certain things that Jesus did as true. But then they disaffirm that he does that now. Now, I don't mean to be offensive, brethren, sistering. I know that one of our favorite scriptures outside of Acts 2.38 is Hebrews 13 and 8. Almost every holy roller can quote Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. But if I was giving you $1,000 on this platform, give me somebody who can quote 13 and 9. Don't feel bad. I've challenged the whole Pentecostal movement. Even the people that run headquarters and all that stuff, they don't know it either. So you're safe. You ready? God gave this to me. I didn't steal it from a tape. The Lord spoke to me and said, Jeffrey, my people are almost enamored with Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. But they have no idea why I had the printer of that print that scripture. Because that was to take care of 13 and 9. And I asked the Lord, I said, what is 13 and 9? So I had to go read it. If you read 13 and 9, he says, beware. Beware. Watch. Of them that come among you bringing strange doctrines. What strange doctrines? He don't heal no more. He don't baptize with the Holy Ghost no more. The gifts of the Spirit aren't working. That devil is a liar. That devil is a liar. I don't care what anybody says. His past performance guarantees present results. You, you didn't sit down. I'm trying to go as fast as I can. Don't mean to be unkind. I just, you got, you got to hear me. When I had Brother Dowdy going to read Psalms 145. I'll be there in just a second. Uno momento, my friend. Uno momento. Just hold on. said, you got to understand something. 
That's why the scripture gives us an imperative from Old Testament to New Testament. Make known his works. Let one generation tell his works to another. Why? It builds up expectation. It builds up faith. It builds up confidence. Because God is not a respecter of persons. You don't even have to have a lot of faith. You can have a little bit of faith, a little bit of doubt. And you can still get a miracle. Every one of us sometimes need to say, yes, I believe, but help my unbelief. But that was enough for Jesus. I'm trying to believe, but I got some doubts. That's okay. I'll just forget your doubts, and I'll work with the little bit of faith you have. And he healed the boy. Sit down. Please don't get mad. You want to tell the, the football scores and the World Series and the hockey and, the, and, and all that stuff, NBA, that's your business. You do what you want. But, but, but there's something good. I, now, I, I know I need therapy. I don't need it from nobody in Mattoon, but I need therapy. I need therapy. Now, I'm, I'm a sick puppy. I need therapy. When I get ready to go to church or a conference or a camp meeting, I don't do like you folks, just sit my rear end down somewhere, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? What's on the internet? What's, what's on your iPad? I don't do that. I pick the people that I'm going to sit next to very carefully because I don't have a chance to repeat this next hour and a half, and I don't want to sit next to some nincompoop as spiritual as a cucumber. I'm not interested in that. Now, you laugh all you want to. I don't go to a lot of general conferences, but once in a while I go. And, and, the, and the last time I went and I preached their general conference, I sat next to some schmo. And here's, I know he's a schmo, because here's what he said to me. So nice to see you, Mommy. God bless you. He said, turn around and said, who's, who's preaching? I said, who gives a flip? What are we into, idol worship? Oh, unless my favorite preacher preaches, the Word of God is nullified. Are you kidding me? The power is in the Word of God. The anointing is in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I don't mean to be unkind. I'm, I, Brother Shine, I'm not trying to be unkind. Now, I, I, don't, I don't mean to be rude. You sit down. We, we got, we've got some black faces in here. Thank God we got a few of you. I, I say this everywhere I go. I, I preach in a lot of black churches. I preach for the PAW, Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. I preach for and I love preaching for black people. I do. Now, you say, oh, well, they're kind of radical. Yeah, better than what you are. You, 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 you know I'm telling you the truth. You go to start preaching to black people. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they start to hoop. Now, you whiteies, you don't know what hoop means. Us black folks, we know what hooping means. Hey, 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 
you go to you go to preaching to black folks and they'll tell you whether you're doing any good you preach to white folks they'll let you kill yourself that's right that's right i I got a lot of wonderful black people in our church and Vietnamese and Spanish and, and Puerto Ricans. and I mean, it's like preaching in the United Nations. It really is. And boy, nothing happens but old Whitey. I just find me one of my black brothers. I go, mm-hmm. And they just go, mm-hmm. Go ahead, preacher. Make it plain. Come on. Bring, bring it on. Let's go. Because it ain't a game to them. Let me, let me say something insulting as I can. You don't have another service. This is it. Oh, we're planning church, but we don't have any guarantee of a church. So if this is your last moment, you need to make it a memorial. You need to make it a miracle. You need to make it so that... You know, to make it so it changes your life. Woo! Woo! Bear, bear with me just a minute. I'm almost there, Pastor. I'm almost there. You sit down. I'm almost there. Just stay with me just a minute. Here, here. You gals, you sweet gals, you're so sweet. Look at your neighbor and say, the potentate's past performance. That's too much for you? I'll, I'll make it easy for you. Jesus' past performance is my platform for future results. If you've ever had a prayer answered, that's your platform for another one. If you've ever been blessed by God, that's your platform to get an answer. Because God doesn't change. And the purpose of his performance is to escalate, elevate, and invigorate your faith. performance is a guarantee it is a guarantee it is a guarantee he's going to touch me he's going to forgive me he's going to bless me he's going to help me he's going to change me you be seated I'm almost 70 you ready? I read that scripture for you. We always talk about, oh, uh, David killed the giant. Let's get your language right, okay? First place, don't say wrong things, because David never called him a giant. Only unbelievers do. You only call something big, large, and a giant when your faith is small. That guy's nine and a half foot tall. He's behemoth. He's huge. He's humongous. Got a giant shield. He's got brass. He looks like a moving tea kettle. <laughs> Sun shines off his brass helmet. Ho, ho, ho. Give me a man. Give me a man. That's what I feel the devil saying to the Pentecostal movement. Give me a man. I'm tired of the boys. Sure. Come on. Come on. 
Give me a man who'll take me on. Why are you afraid to take him on? You got authority. You got the Holy Ghost. You got God's promise. You got God's. I heard him say, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never put on you more than you can bear. With every test and every trial, I'll make a way of escape. You'll be seated, love. I'm trying to go as fast as I can. I'm so sorry. I read that scripture to you. And David heard the jolly green giant in the valley of Elah. Who, 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 give me a man. Give me a man. David runs up to talk to his brother. You got to watch out. Some of your family may be stupid. I didn't say they were. I said they may be. He talks to Eliab, his eldest brother. And Eliab don't believe God's anointings on David. He's ticked because God has chosen David and not him. And the minute he tries to, to tell people, well, what's going on and got faith, here comes that unbelieving family member and says, hey, what are you doing? Where's those few sheep that you, what are you doing? Trying to belittle him. Don't worry about people trying to belittle you. They're afraid of the giant. That's why I don't let unanointed people give me advice. I don't let family people that don't live for God give me advice. I don't even let fellow believers that are dead as a hammer give me advice. And I sure enough ain't going to let no backslider like Saul give me advice. I'm going to find me somebody that believes like I believe. That's why you got to learn to sit next to somebody who helps your faith. See now, I, I didn't lose my thought, brother. I didn't lose my thought. You thought I lost my thought. I didn't lose my thought. It was the general conference. Who's preaching? Who gives a flip? Yeah. Well, what's the choir? You know what I did? You black folks, thank you. You taught me this. Yeah. I'm sitting next to him and I realize I'm next to a nincompoop. I'm next to a nincompoop, license or no license. He couldn't cast the devil out of somebody if the devil had a bad hair day. Come on. I turn right around like us black folks and I go, excuse me. Now the sweet black folks in our church, when they got to go to the potty or they need to go out somewhere, they'll get up during the service and that's what they do. They go. They're reverencing the pulpit. They're honoring the ministry. They're being gentle and kind. They're saying, excuse me. Well, I do that lots of times in camp meetings and conferences. If I choose the wrong dum-dum and I sit next to them and they start talking to me about the ball game and the World Series and the church that was split and a guy that ran off with some guy's wife and so I can't take that joke no more. I'm a dying man. I only have a few more grains of sand in my hourglass. I ain't got time to talk to stupid. That ain't going to happen. I need somebody who turns around and says, I, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, you can believe something you don't understand. There's lots of stuff that I don't understand that I believe. And I want to sit next to somebody that's going to build my faith. I get next to somebody talks to me. Yeah, boy, that's good. Yeah, that, that's good. I like that. Oh, yeah, that's good. Why? Because your faith can be so easily injured. It can be so easily hampered or hindered. 
There's people in the church that I pastor. You'd sit down. I don't shake hands with them. Now I realize the pastor, you're supposed to kiss up to everybody. I don't kiss up to stupid people. I just don't bother with that. You, you think I'm, I'm being rude. No, no, no. I got people, man. If it's 95 degrees in Gainesville, the sun is shining, mosquitoes are getting sunburned. And I walk up and say, oh, boy, this is a great day. Yeah, probably going to rain this afternoon. <laughs> Go to shake hands with him. Hey, man, hey, hey. Yaka, laka, yaka. They, they're practiced. They're proud of their Down syndrome. Come on. There you go. I'm on my way up. I'm not on my way down. I'm, I'm getting, I need somebody to tell me, I'll believe God with you. I'll believe God with you. I'll reach for what you're reaching for. I'll help you. We need to be encouragers. We don't need to be discouragers. We need to build up each other's faith. Can I preach a few more minutes? A few, few more minutes. A few more minutes. So, so, so David turns around and, and he goes before Saul and he says, Don't let the king and everybody be afraid. I, now, I'm paraphrasing, okay? It's not in your Bible. I'm paraphrasing. I'll take the big jerk on. Size don't mean nothing to me. I hear people turn around and make statements. They mean well, but they're just, they're, they're stupid. They ascribe, they ascribe measurements to God like God is so big. Shut up, stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. Big is a measurement of size. He ain't got none. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. He don't have no size. Your enemy's got a size. But your ally has got no size. So he can take on anything that you need for him to take on. Woo. Woo. Your ally is without measurement. He's not large. He's not huge. He's not big. Watch. He's infinite. Please be seated. I, I'm just messing with you for a second. I, that's why I don't understand people that teach and preach and bring that silly doctrine called the Trinity. That's as silly as can be. Because the doctrine of the Trinity is this. I've studied it. It says God, co-equal, co-eternal, co-existing. God in three equal parts. Well, that sounds good. I want to know who did the autopsy. <laughs> I want to know what scale you put him on yeah. to divide one-third father one-third Son and one-third Holy Ghost when He's without measure. It's much easier to say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. He's indivisible. He's unbeatable. He's unchangeable. You ready? And He's on your side. Please be seated. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying not to be a cheerleader. I'm just, 
I'm, I'm trying to deliver what I feel the Lord spoke to my heart for this conference. You've got to hear me. David turns around and Saul says, Thou art not able. You're a youth. He's a man of war from his, from his childhood. He's too big for you. Don't, don't let people who don't have faith talk anything into your life. Because watch, David turned around and said, Well, my present faith comes from my past victories. Well, I do my best not to be rude. Now I'm going to be rude. You stay where you is. I'm coming here to the living dead. Watch what David said. My faith for facing the biggest obstacle I've ever faced in my life will come from the fact of the past performance of my God. He helped me beat the lion. He helped me beat the bear. And he's going to help me beat this right now. Because his past performance is your guarantee of future results. Because he can't change. He's always good. He's always great. He's always righteous. He's always holy. He's always almighty. And he's on your side. Now please, please hear me. It's not that David has such, you said I had such dynamic faith. David had dynamic memory. The, the God that delivered the, the lion into my hand and the God that delivered the bear into my hand will deliver this bozo into my hand too. Now wait a minute. I started a long time ago. We have raised a generation and denominal people are the world's worst. They have turned around and taken from God his right to be God. They now tell us, you, everybody, he doesn't do that anymore. Says who? Well, says B.B. Warfield. B.B. Warfield was the chief theologian for Princeton University. B.B. Warfield was a brilliant-minded man. I'm convinced he loved God in whatever truth that he had but greatly mistaken. See, most of you looking at him, you don't even know who B.B. Warfield is. Here's who he was. B.B. Warfield introduced to the Christian world the doctrine of cessation. What is cessation? They had nobody in their churches receiving the Holy Ghost talking in tongues. So they came up with the doctrine of cessation. He doesn't do it that way anymore. Why? We have to validate the absence in our churches. Watch, B.B. Warfield, Doctrine of Cessation, with the death of the last apostle and the canonization of the scriptures. Watch, God doesn't heal anymore. And the so-called Christian world bought it. Why? Because they had nobody getting healed in their churches. So it validated and vindicated their emptiness. The Doctrine of Cessation was the gifts of the Spirit died with the last apostle. 
There's no more word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. There is no gifts of healing, working of miracles, gift of faith. Uh -huh. There is no message in tongues, interpretation, gifts of prophecy. They don't exist anymore. And the Christian, so-called Christian world, because I don't think any of them are, so-called Christian world accepted that and validated the fact that they had no manifestation, no substance, no power. The shaking and the quaking and the anointing and the talking in tongues and the weeping and slobbering and wailing and moaning and groaning was replaced with, I accept Jesus as my personal Savior. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. I'm not saying these precious people are not sincere. They're just sincerely wrong. Right. Now wait, you just be quiet. I'm going to talk to the living dead right now up here. You preachers are scaring me right now. You better get serious about not having tongues and interpretation in your churches. If you ain't got them, you need to start seeking God until the Holy Ghost gives you divine interruption. I didn't say you don't love God. I'm, give me help I'm saying we need to have divine interventions. We need the Holy Ghost to sweep across our services. We need to have people weeping and sobbing and wailing. We need to scare the fire out of sinners. That's supposed to be normal. Don't, don't be mean. Don't let headquarters tell you what to do. Oh, no, no, don't get upset. Wonderful people up there, all kinds of great departments and all that stuff. But they are not going to get the trophy on spirituality. I'll go a little further. You and I are preachers. We need to ask God to visit us more often so we speak in tongues better. Howbeit, if a man speak in tongues, he speaketh mysteries to God. Howbeit, if a man speak in an unknown tongue, he edifieth himself. There are some edifications that will not come from a good sermon. It'll come from you and I on our face before God when the well springs up into everlasting life. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be mean. How in the name of God... Are we going to have them spiritual and we're carnal? Come on, exactly. Come on now. I'm talking to us holy rollers. Are we trading the substance of the moving of the Holy Ghost by substituting the Word and Bible study? Now listen, the Spirit has got to happen and the Word's got to happen. But you, but you cannot believe the Word and not have a reaction from the Spirit. It doesn't work that way. Believing the Word of God is the catalyst to release the Spirit. Uh, you'd sit down. I'm almost there. I'm sorry to bore you. Sorry to bore you. I'll tell you what, God bless you. I wish I could ship all you young people to our church. Resurrect the dead back home. I'm going to tell you what, I'm so thrilled for you kids. I, I got a mandate in my spirit. Here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to help this next generation not become full-grown adults without seeing the miraculous. 
That's not wildfire. That's not crazy. We raise up a generation of kids that lay their hands on sick people. Our kids pray for people at school. They pray for people at work, and they get healed. Don't be intimidated. You got an anointing on you. God said, lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. You've got a record of past performances. Please be seated. Where I saw the little, where's my little Willoughby girl? I saw her over there. There she is. Boy, you look like Barbara, little girl. I loved your mommy and daddy. They were great people. I'm going to talk to you. I prayed today earnestly, sincerely. I said, Lord, I'm expecting miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm, I'm expecting you to heal people and deliver people. I don't know of any greater folks I ever met in all my life. And your mommy and daddy, okay, Barbara and Steve. I mean, it was just phenomenal. They got sick. I fasted. I prayed. I sought the face of God. I quoted scripture to God in case he didn't know it. I said, Lord, if I delight myself in the Lord, you'd give me the desires of my heart. The desires of my heart. I want you to heal Steve. He's my friend. I want you to get that junk cancer and junk out of Barbara. And I want you to raise him up for the glory of God. And it, and it was like the Holy Ghost said to me, oh, where's my sovereignty in all this? I said, what? He said, you're part of a generation that doesn't believe I have a right. I said, but you told us to pray for the sick and you'd raise them up. I said, fine. But many times my people are locked in my sovereignty. I said, what does that mean? He said, real easy. James and Peter were both put in jail, and my church wept and prayed and sought my face. And so I answered both of them. I killed James, and I set Peter free. Now deal with it. You, oh, it's so quiet now. Do you actually think that when they took James's head off, they overran the will of God? You can't stop the will of God, pal. God could have went boom and disappeared him and made him end up in Toledo. It was his will. It was his purpose. Well, sometimes we don't know whether there is a sickness. Bible says if there's a sickness unto death, you're not supposed to pray for it. A lot of times we don't know if the sickness is unto death, just like there's a sin unto death. We don't know it. So we're praying all that we know how. But in the sovereignty of God, God steps in and says, I'm taking this one and I'm leaving that one. Deal with it. You think God was defeated because James was beheaded and Peter was set free? I don't think so. Paul turned around and said, I want God to be glorified and magnified in my body. Watch. Whether by life or by death. I don't have all the answers on this stuff. Now, maybe these guys do because they just sit there and look at me. That's fine. But they, they, they might have all this theological jazz. I don't have, I don't know why. I couldn't get God to do for your mom and dad what I wanted. And I almost came to the point like, I'm going to warn you. You got to do this. It was like the Holy Ghost said, oh, I got to do this. Why? So you look better or I look better? He said, didn't you ever read the 23rd chapter of the book of Job? The thing which God has appointed unto me, that will he do. And many other such things are with him. If I appoint for Stephen to be stoned to death, and that's another one that ticked me off. 
Why did you let him stone Stephen? He's one of the only miracle workers we got in the church. Why do you let him die? Because I was finished with him. Yeah, but we need him. I don't care what you need. I'm taking him out of here. He's fulfilled his cause. That's it. It's over. And we got to deal with it. And if you're not careful, you'll let the devil use an unfulfilled expectation to steal your confidence and your expectation to pray for people. I don't know why I pray for people and they don't get better. I don't know why. I just pray for some people and they died. They died. Every devil that belched out of hell turned around and said, What you going to do now, Arnold? I said, Why, you stupid fool? That's easy. Next. I'm not the healer. You're not the healer. He's the healer. We're just the vessel. We're just the instrument. Didn't Jesus say, think not that I do the works. My Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Have I lost this audience? Are we finished? Give me five minutes and I'll stop. Five, five minutes. Listen to me. I felt the Holy Ghost talk to me today in the motel. He gave me a word. He said, rediscover. I said, rediscover. Okay, rediscover what? Rediscover what? He said, you and your people need to rediscover what the first book of Acts church discovered. And I said, well, what did they discover? That a resurrected Jesus could do everything he did before he was resurrected. Yeah. Incredible. I said, what is that? He said, look at the book of Acts. They went everywhere. Signs, wonders, miracles. Do you actually think that Jesus, since he's been glorified, is going to do less than he did in his humiliation? He's, he's enthroned. He's king of kings. He's lord of lords. He's got all power in heaven and earth. Every devil is under his feet. Every disease is under his feet. Every sin is under his feet. Every dysfunction is under his feet. You can, you can stand with me. I can't, I can't hardly go no more. I, I didn't even get to my sermon. I'm so sorry. You don't have to pay me. Keep the money. It's fine. Jesus said, heaven and earth to pass away. My words are not passed away. He, he told Joshua, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Don't let the lying devil or denominations that don't have any power turn around and say you, as I was with the book of Acts church, I will not be with you. Remember, God Almighty is perfect. That means he can't get smarter, he can't get greater, and he can't get more powerful, and he can't get lower. He's perfect. Woo! We need to discover right now that the resurrected Jesus who walked the shores of Galilee that made people whole that healed people mentally, physically, and spiritually, that when he resurrected with the keys of death and hell and all power in his hand, the Book of Acts church learned, they discovered, he had not changed his desires, he had not changed his enjoyments, 
He had not changed his compassion and his love and his concern for people. As he healed everybody that was oppressed of the devil, here he is resurrected, enthroned in heaven. You actually believe that God is now going to do less since he's been enthroned than he did when he was enfleshed? And everywhere they went in the book of Acts, they just laid hands on the sick. And Jesus showed up and confirmed his word with signs following. So I don't... I don't mean to be offensive, okay? And I'm not trying to assault headquarters or the, the movement. Listen to me. You, this conference, this, this body of believers, you could be used by God to take this whole movement through the door that we want to go through. We really do want to go through. And, and what you got to do is grab a hold of this concept. His past performance is my guarantee of a future result. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. As I, with, as I was with the book of Acts church, so shall I be with you. Now, 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 now hold on. Now, hold on. I'm, I'm sorry I, I, I didn't get to my sermon. It was a good sermon. Listen to what I'm fixing to tell you, and I'm getting out of here. Listen to me. This will change your life. This will change your life. You are never, ever going to possess what you refuse to pursue. And you will never pursue what you are not persuaded about. See, I'm persuaded God wants me to lay hands on the sick tonight and they're going to get better. I'm, every time I pray for somebody, I'm expecting something to happen. Because expectation is the birthplace for the miraculous. He that comes to God must believe that God is and God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek it. So Jesus went everywhere, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Oppressed spiritually, physically, emotionally. Okay? Now, here we are. I'm convinced that his past performance is a guarantee of a present answer. Because the Lord gave this script to me when I, I'm sorry to be so long. I was praying in the motel and the, and the Holy Ghost just went. <sighs> Isaiah 6 and 1. I said, Isaiah 6 and 1. Oh, the year that King Uzziah died. I saw also the Lord high and lived up. He said, now break it down for the people. In your moment of sorrow. In your moment of loss. In your moment of unanswered questions and unanswered prayers and frustrated faith. Make sure you see the Lord also. See the one that's not afraid of death. See the one that disease can't touch. See the, see the one that every devil's afraid of. High and lifted up. Here, here we go, Brother Poe. We're fixing to pray for everybody in a second. Here's what he said to me. He said, and his train...
filled the temple. I said, what does that mean? He said, the record of his past performances. If he's ever answered a prayer, pray again. If he's ever made a way, reach again. If he's ever touched you before, ask him to touch you again. If he ever spoke to you, ask him to speak to you again. Release your faith. Release your faith. Release your faith. And his brother, brother White, and his train, his train. That was those pieces of cloth that were sewed off the back of his robe, and each piece was a record of a victory he had won. And he didn't have some little wussified little train. The Bible said his past performances were so great, they filled the entire temple. And he's on your side. And he's on your side. If you need to be healed, come on, we'll pray for you. If you need to be forgiven, Come on, we'll pray for you. If you need the Holy Ghost, come on, we'll pray for you. If you just need to be a good blessing, come on, we'll pray for you. Come on. It's time to discern and defeat the disclaimer spirit there are no disclaimers with God there are only declarations and when you pray believe you don't need to feel anything you just need to believe Come on, come on, come on, pursue, pursue, pursue.